Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the Star Telegram's High School Huddle Podcast. I'm Peter Dawson, as always, joined by Brian Gossett. And Brian, we're going to start uh, for the first time. The regular season is over, and we are now officially in the by district uh, version of the playoffs. Yep, six more weeks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> six more weeks. Six the, more weeks. The longest it's, state playoffs in America. Yeah, it's uh, it's the greatest thing to see um, as those teams try to go to AT&T Stadium for the state championship games. Um, you know, for this podcast, which is our our tenth episode. Uh, we're going to talk about Arlington and Lamar and Weatherford against Bell in Week 10. Excuse me, Week 11, th- those games that I went to. Um, just a little shout-out to uh, Country Day for winning the SPC 3A championship on Saturday. Also, right. Also a game I went to, they beat uh, John Cooper uh, pretty pretty big. I think it was like 55-41. A lot of scoring. Yeah, and uh, just another shout-out to some of the DFW volleyball teams because – it's a state tournament this week. Uh, you know, we got Mid- Midlothian Heritage, uh, good friends with their coach, Timmy Blackshear, their state tournament for the first time in program history. You also got Melissa, Decatur, Flower Mount, another first-timer, Plano West, uh, Boyd, and Lovejoy. And so those are going to take place at Curtis Caldwell Center in Garland uh, later this week. You know, it's interesting. I, I saw a story, I think, yesterday that said uh, that Texas, the Texas State playoffs are one of the, quote-unquote, easiest playoffs to get into because like you said they're six weeks but in terms of difficulty of winning a state championship winning a state championship uh even the one country day just won is one of the hardest to win uh in the country in any sport right because i mean there's just so many teams uh you know the the state championship week over at att stadium there's there's 12 games in total uh spanning six classes you know uh, it takes a lot to win six games in a row in the playoffs. Right, but before we jump in uh, to the state playoffs, and I know everybody's giddy to hear about that, we're going to highlight the two games from Week 11. District title and playoff implications were on the line, and we're going to start with the big one, Arlington versus Lamar. That was last Thursday. Undefeated, both teams competing for a District 4-6A championship, 9 and 0 Nine and zero, arguably the biggest game for the city, and I, I know Brian, you would make this case uh, the biggest game for the city of Arlington ever in terms of high school football. Um, the game didn't start off as the shootout that some people uh, had expected necessarily. Lamar led ten seven at the half, but the Colts turned it on in the second half. Eventually, Arlington won another high scoring game there, forty two to thirty one. What stood out to you in this game? Let's start there, but then also after that, kind of elaborate on what you're looking at for both of these teams heading into the playoffs because both of them have have phenomenal seasons. Yeah, and uh, it was, like you mentioned, the biggest game all time in Arlington history. Uh, you know, never ever did two 9-0 teams face off. You know, you talk about 10-0 record, talk about district championship, everything. I mean, that's amazing considering how much talent has come through there also and how long you know they've been playing right it's been a long time i know arlington's been around for over 100 years um but what stood out you know like you said it it didn't start off you know like a shootout it was raining uh you know a theme from this year right rain rain and rain and they actually didn't start off the second half real quick they thought it was a lightning delay but it turns out uh you know it really wasn't and you know they kind of started the second half about five or six minutes later, but 
Um, the rain died down, and then Arlington just took over. Uh, Jahari Rogers, who we've talked about a number of times here on the podcast, just uh, called his number. He kept the ball. You know, he had a 92-yard touchdown run at one point, which was a school record. Uh, in total, a season high, 222 on the ground, five touchdowns. And Lamar, anytime Lamar was trying to get back into it, uh, Jahari and the coach would just score again and, and just really take the air out of the Vikings. Exactly what you want to see this time of year, your best players taking over in the most important games. And that's a great sign for Arlington heading into the state tournament. I don't know what the matchups look like for these two and if, if they could potentially meet again, but what do you expect from these teams heading in? Yeah, it had no bearing on the on uh, seeding wise because Lamar's Division One, Arlington's Division Two. Obviously, Division One is is more loaded in six A with right. you know the Trinities, Carrolls, um, Duncanvilles. The, uh, I think Arlington has uh, a better shot at it. Um, you know, if they they have an explosive offense, no doubt. Uh, Jahari's uh, on the top of the list right there. Dual threat quarterback can hurt you with his arm, hurt you with his feet. Um, they do get Weatherford, who we'll talk about here in a bit, um, in the first round. And then Lamar gets San Angelo Central. Also which, a big, tough matchup there. Tough yeah. matchup, which is nice uh, that they were number one because uh, the rules are you can host a playoff game if you're the number one seed. Right. You don't want to go out to San Angelo Central. On a long so, bus ride. So uh, I think Lamar's got enough weapons, and San Angelo's really been hurt with the injury bug. I think Lamar's got a ch- chance there, but in terms of uh, deep playoff run, it's just it's so much tougher in in uh, 6A D1. So I do like Arlington's chances better to make a, a playoff run. Interesting to note, and you and you touched on Weatherford, and we were just talking about the best players moving up. This game from last Friday, Weatherford versus Bell. It wasn't for a district title, but if the Kangaroos um, got the victory, it meant a shot at the playoffs for the first time since. 2007 the program had had kind of been on hard times recently bell was was looking to play the role of spoiler and it looked like they were going to do just that early on the blue raiders uh led early but guy we've talked about a lot and i've I've covered some and and you've covered some and that's quarterback ken seals he's the top pro style uh quarterback for the class of 2020 in the entire state of texas right for weatherford he and his defense came up big 28 points for uh seals and the kangaroos offense but that defense as well holding um the uh the blue raiders to just 15 points you went to this one as well what did you see and and you talked about that weatherford matchup Oh, just a second ago. Yeah, against Arlington. It's going to be a tough game for Weatherford, but but good that they got in. Yeah, great because uh, snaps that eleven-year playoff drought. Uh, you know, Seals, who came to Weatherford a couple of years ago, but you had to sit out last year because of uh, transfer rules. Uh, played on JV. You know, the varsity last year went 0 and 10. He steps in this year, and and they're playoff bound. Uh, I think their their most wins. In four or five seasons now, but um, he played he played pretty good. Uh, he had about 264 yards, three touchdowns. Um, it was a close game there at half and early in the third quarter, and then uh, he throws two touchdowns as Weatherford kind of pulls away and and that defense, uh, you know, which was kind of shaky to start. You know, they picked it up, um, led by their defensive end 
uh, thank Garnett. Uh, he made some big plays. Uh, he told me after the game, you know, he's he's born and raised uh, Weatherford Kangaroo, so getting to the playoffs really means a lot as a senior. Uh, Peyton Hudson had a huge game receiver-wise, and uh, yeah, the first time since 2007, it's going to be a tall task uh, against Arlington here. That game is Friday uh, over at UTA Maverick Stadium, but got to talk to Ken Seals and Thane Gar- Garnett after the game and just, you know, get their reactions of making the postseason. You know, I couldn't have done anything without my team, especially coming off of a good season last year for the JV. And the varsity kind of had a rough start, and I'm really proud of them being able to turn it around. You know, they fought so hard, and they just wanted it more this season. I'm proud of them. We got it! I have been a Weatherford Kangaroo my entire life. This is so amazing to me. This is an opportunity of a lifetime to come. It's been 10 years since we've been in the playoffs, and I'm just so stoked we're into it. So happy, so grateful to have this opportunity to have the coaching staff that we do. Call the right plays, run the right time, do, do everything correctly, and we, we executed tonight, and that's exactly what we're going to keep on doing in the playoffs. You know, one, one quick thing on Seals. I, I did think it was interesting that he mentioned that JV year, and we talked about why he couldn't play varsity last year before, but... The one thing that, that his coaches and um, and his teammates had talked about is that, you know, you know he'd played varsity as a freshman, right, over at Azel. And, yeah. you know, it's, that's a, such a weird transition to go fresh, uh, freshman on varsity to sophomore and JV and then back up. And he talked, everyone talked about how he his attitude was that, you know, he was never bigger than the team, even though he's this this big-time college recruit. And I, I do think it's interesting that he still, even now, I mean, He's had a good season, and and he's going to be a big time recruit. But he's still, he's so he's still humble. Ta- yeah, well, he's not only is he still humble, and, and his teammates still love him, but he still talks about that. And I think that that you know that's what I talked to him about, and, and you have too. It's it was a big learning experience for him, in a lot of different ways. Yeah, I mean, I've talked to him a number of times, and he's always been that way, a humble kid, and talking about his teammates, and you know that's what that's another thing that recruiters, college coaches like to see is is those kids that you know talk like that and, and give credit to their teammates and, and stay humble. And so he's a great kid. He's, he's got a couple of big-time offers already, and he's still got a year left. And so we'll see how he does against that Arlington defense this week. Eventually, Brian and I are going to talk a little bit of recruiting, and, and he's an interesting one to keep an eye on because I think he's one of the few guys um, who, uh, you know, talking to his, his father and him that unlike a lot of quarterbacks and a lot of players in this state, he's keeping a really open mind nationally, which is not always something that you see from players from Texas. But we're going to save that for down the road. We're going to get get back into the playoffs. And, and just kind of looking at the big picture, we're going to break this, this season uh, down into three parts. The first kind of part of this season is obviously the non-district schedule. And season two is is the district schedule for teams. But now we're into season three, which is – which is where the pressure and the intensity really wraps up. And as Brian said, the greatest show on turf, and that's the Texas high school playoffs. It's what it's all about. It's what everybody plays for. It's what everybody watches. And it's amazing. Six more weeks uh, of teams fighting for titles, uh, and they all have to win out. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's what it's about this time of year. AT&T Stadium, obviously uh, indicative of, of the turf part of it. This week will feature 300 I still weird saying it 352 playoff games across the state. There'll be 103 games on Thursday, 233 on Friday and then not as many on Saturday with 16, excuse me, 16 teams uh, going head to head. Brian, there's so much to get to. Uh, where do you want to start? 
But first off, you know, the, those are incredible stats to think about. Uh, we will not be covering each game. Right, yeah. right. But uh, just want to give a shout out to some of our colleagues, uh, Matt Stepp and, and Greg Tepper over at Dave Campbell's, who actually came up with, with those numbers. And then, uh, you know, our coworker, Darren Lauber, who's done a great job with finding playoff pairings and, and venues and times. You can find that on dfwvarsity.com. But, um, yeah, it's going to be exciting. You know, it's kind of that first test, if you will. Um, you know, who's who's going to be one and done? Who's going to be having right. that playoff run? And you have so many of these teams, especially in the Fort Worth area as well as Dallas area, that, you know, had nine and one season. Or, excuse me, undefeated, one loss, two loss. Teams that, you know, are they really think they can make a run, but we're going we're gonna to find out previewing some of the games and and we're going to start at the top and that's 6a division one the biggest the monsters but there are some interesting matchups in the first round you know everybody wants to talk about Allen, and they're obviously the the big dragon that everybody wants to slide maybe dragons a the wrong term with south lake in the pool but the they're the they're the beast that everybody the ten thousand pound gorilla in the room but the first round does provide in that in that uh 6a division one some interesting matchups and here are a few Euless Trinity and Martin are going head-to-head. Keller and Louisville also go head-to-head. Uh, Carol and Coppell also match up. And then you have Lamar. We mentioned earlier Lamar versus San Angelo Central. Which one of those – I mean, those are all should all be great games, but which one catches your eye the most? And you look at it and you say, man, that's that's a good one. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Keller and Louisville. Um, we will talk a b- little bit about it later on, but I am going to cover that Carroll versus Coppell game on Saturday over at Dragon Stadium, 2 p.m. kickoff. But Carroll and Louisville, they both enter with identical records, 8-2. and two. And a couple years ago, the UIO put in place, uh, you know, if you have a better record, you get to host the playoff game. Now the rule is uh, if whoever has the highest finish in their respective districts well, Louisville and Keller both finished second in district, so now you have to play at a neutral site. Um, and but Keller, uh, you know, a couple years ago they've they've had some hard times. Last year they did make it into playoffs, but they got you know steamrolled by Arlington Martin in the first round. This is going to be a nice offensive battle. Um, Louisville is an, another kind of surprise eighty-two team um, against you know Division One is just so loaded. I don't know. If, I don't think either one of these teams, you know, will make it pretty far. But uh, a by district title and a, you know, gold football is is nice for for one of these two schools to win. But I think uh, in terms of even matchups, I think that that's the one to look at. For me, at least, and I'm not as much the expert as Brian is, and this will make our our, our it, this this team has made our producer Steve Wilson, who does a great job for us, and we're very appreciative of what he does. But He's a Euless Trinity graduate, and for me, their matchup against Martin really catches my eye because we talked about them against Nolan Catholic uh, the last couple weeks, uh, both previewing it and uh, discussing the game itself. Euless Trinity, a wagon last year, not quite where uh, they were this year, but obviously, given their history and pedigree and the talent, still dangerous. So for me, that's the game, first-round game that catches my eye, but Brian... What are a few other games that that are interesting to you, and and why why do they catch your eye? You know, we also have uh, DeSoto and Skyline playing, Duncanville against South Grand Prairie. A lot of people, 
are liking Duncanville as that second best team in, in uh, 6A D1 behind Allen. You know, we talked about Lamar. I think Lamar's just got too many weapons led by Jack Dawson and, and Jordan Williams there um, for San Angelo Central. And, you know, making that trip up to Arlington will be kind of tough for the Bobcats. But, but yeah, you know, Trini and Martin, you know, we'll see how, how that matchup plays out. You know, both have had their struggles, but um, I do like Trini in that one. They, they could get Carroll, I believe, in the third round of the playoffs, but That'd be um, a good one. we'll talk about that a little later. Yep, and, and by the way, and, and we, we touched on it a little bit earlier, Allen, obviously uh, a wagon, uh, the, the favorite to win 6A again. Um, they start with uh, Rowlett in Region 2 bracket. The Eagles would get Rockwell or Belton, um, in that area, but jumping down to 6A Division Two, Brian, you're going to be at this game on Friday night, and uh, that this is a team that uh, you've had a very special relationship, at least one of them this year. Up and, and down relationship. Yeah, up and down, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's that's Haltum, and obviously, uh, like I said, I mentioned last week, I think, but the the week after Brian had to eat crow for Haltum was the probably our highest listened to episode. So for all you Haltum folks out there. Uh, this is another. This is a game that Brian's going to on Friday again. Uh, they're going to face off against Bowie. Haltom is hosting a playoff game. Uh, f- actually, for the first time after having finished ten and zero, they won their district title for the first time in twenty one years. Yeah, if I uh, if this was on Facebook, you know, I'd put uh, it's complicated in relationship <laughs> with Haltom. Um, again, I think Haltom just has too many weapons uh, for Bowie. Bowie's a, a fantastic team. Coach Danny DeArmond does a great job with those kids. Um, you know, Ty DeArmond, his son, is, is probably their top recruit. He's an Arizona State commit. You know, Malcolm Mays is, uh, you know, one of the top quarterbacks in our area. Uh, but Haltom, you know, led by Michael Black, who was All-State last year, might be All-State this year. Those kids are buying into what uh, Jason Tucker um, is coaching and his coaching staff has done. Um, that one's going to be at Birdville Fine Arts Athletic Complex on Friday. And uh, I think if I were to pick, and some, you know, this season has proven that I don't do too well on picks, but. Well, it's hard picking high school football games. Yeah, it is. But, you know, I do like Holtzman in this one. I think Bowie might make it. Uh, Make it close there in the first couple of series, but Holton will just kind of run by them uh, with Michael Black. And, you know, that defense has done a great job this season uh, holding opponents. Um, but, yeah, I do like I do like Holton. And we'll see Holton, uh, how far they can make it because, you know, they could face Cedar Hill in the third round. Be a great, great matchup for, for a local team here. Sticking in 6A Division Two, as you mentioned Cedar Hill, uh, they're going to be taking on Pierce. Then you have Fossil Ridge versus Hebron. Two, battle of two lake schools. You have Lake Ridge versus Lake Highlands um, and Arlington Weatherford. What do you see this week in Division Two? Just this week, and then maybe a team or two that could that could actually make a run. Um, I do like Cedar Hill, but yeah, that third round matchup with Halton would be a very good uh, game to go to. Uh, Lake Ridge, who, you know, they haven't been around too long, but they're a team that, that likes to go at least three rounds deep. They did go to the state title game in 2015. Um, if they do get past Lake Highlands, they, they do have a tough matchup uh, with the Flower Mound and Geyer winner. I do like Flower Mound in that game. Interesting, because Geyer's been good this year. Geyer's been okay. They, they've been kind of up and down. They, they Fossil Ridge actually defeated them 
um, here in week 11 to clinch that final playoff spot. And uh, if Gar had won that game, they actually would have been the, the number one seed in D2. But um, yeah, Lakeridge would get one of those teams. And then, um, you know, you could they could face Arlington. If Arlington wins two games, you know, you could have a Lakeridge-Arlington week uh, uh, round three matchup with the Rodgers, Chandler Rodgers over at Lakeridge, Jahari Rodgers at Arlington. So uh, gain gain a little ahead of myself. Uh, these these exciting. He, he, Brian's Brian's been antsy all morning. Yeah, getting ex- to talk about this stuff. Getting excited for these uh, good round three possibilities. But um, you know, first things first is with these these round one games. Now we're gonna jump over to five uh, A Division One. You're also gonna be at Birdville uh, on Thursday the, as the Hawks host Boswell. Two very, very good quarterbacks, some of the best in the state, and Stone Earl and Braden Thomas both can run. Uh, and then you have Ladarius Mixon and Derek Berry as well. Who do you like? What, which players are you looking at? Obviously, those guys stand out. And, and which team do you like? Because Boswell traditionally has been very, very good. Birdville is having a tremendous, tremendous season. Yeah, uh, Birdville started 9-0. and they, they took that kick up there in Week 11 with... Number three ranked Ryan. Uh, they actually had a 14 nothing lead, but Ryan, I think, scored the next 42 points or something like that. Yeah. So we'll see how Birdville, you know, responds, how they rebound with a loss like that. It, you know, you kind of, you always hear it. It's kind of nice to, you know, get the loss out of the way. Right. Learn from it. Learn from it, and and it it's kind of nice that it's the week before playoffs. So hopefully they can fix some things. Two very uh, well-coached teams with uh, John Abichan over at Boswell, Lon Holbrook at Birdville. Uh, you know, I do like this this matchup. This, in terms of looking at the schedule, this this is the one that catches my eye because both teams um, very good on offense. You mentioned Earl and, and Thomas there. Uh, Boswell has been sort of that uh, playoff team the last couple of years. I know they made the state quarterfinals a couple of seasons ago. Birdville having their best uh, run since 2012. See if they can continue, um, you know, when they made the state quarterfinals that year. But I think uh, if I were to pick a, a team again, uh, I think Birdville gets the edge. I think just a little more uh, weapons on offense, uh, a little better defense. And their year, right? I mean, they're, they're on a roll. Yeah, they're on a roll. At home, too. You know, Boswell, they got a, a few more losses on their schedule, but um, they are coming off a loss to, to Crowley. Uh, that was for actually second place in their district. So we'll see who you know rebounds from that loss. Yeah, right. I mean, in, in, again, in theory, two teams trending in opposite directions. But again, as we've pointed out often on the show, high school football, you know, the, the playoffs have a tendency to, to make weird things happen. So that, that game definitely worth checking out. A few other uh, contests to watch. You have Crowley and Grapevine, two teams are relatively close, uh, as well as Azel uh, taking on Colleyville Heritage. The other game that maybe would have had a little bit more juice uh, a few years ago would have been Legacy uh, versus Lone Star in Region 2, similar to that um, Trinity versus Martin matchup again. Could, could have been a state semifinal uh, game in the past two years. There is a lot of talent on the field for that one. The only issue is that both of those teams, uh, and I'm referring to Legacy and Lone Star, um, th- they've been hit by the injury bug, which takes a little bit of the shine uh, off it, right? Yeah, and uh, 
programming note, you know, that one's at, at Memorial Stadium in Frisco. Yeah, Legacy coming off that state semifinalist appearance last year, their best in program history. Uh, Lone Star has been right there the last two years, but, you know, I don't know what it, you know, they just graduated a lot of kids. Uh, and then Legacy, yeah, with that injury bug, uh, Jalen Callon, their top prospect, he's been out since uh, week one, actually. He got that ACL tear. And we'll talk about him later on uh, in this, you know, down the road when recruiting hits. Right. See where he ends up. But, yeah, this is uh, – it would be interesting who comes out because both still have talent to score some points. You know, their defense, legacy I'm speaking of with uh, Enoch Jackson and uh, Terry and Carter who are both uh, Arkansas commits, you know, uh, both on the defensive line too. So we'll see if Lone Star can run the ball, if they can um, – give their quarterback enough protection, and then we'll just see if Legacy can actually, you know, score some points and keep up with the Rangers. But um, hopefully we can cover that game because, uh, yeah, it's it, it's a good one to go to. We're going to stay in that region, and I think we may have uh, mer- buried the lead a little bit because Highland Park uh, gets Frisco Independence to start their defense and or uh, state title defense. They'll, they'll be going for their third third straight which is which is really impressive uh also in addition the colony is playing timberview also should be a great game in 5a d2 uh southwest you have southwest playing randall and northwest playing wichita falls what are a few other games down in in 5a yeah if we were going to stick with um you know fort worth area teams teams we cover you know who has the best chance to well there's there's obviously one name uh, right? one name who has the best chance to go to the state title game that's alito they always seem to be there you know they get um Siegelville in the first round i think uh their f- fewest margin of victory this season has been 19 points um and so let's see let's see if Siegelville can cover the spread i don't even know what it is it could be 50 points at this at this day at this stage but yeah look for them to make another run to the state final i do like Burleson Centennial against Kimball um, in terms of in our area that's probably a, a great game to go to in 5a d2 Burleson Centennial like uh, you know the Azos and Kennedales they're they're coming off a bye in week 11 so they got another week to prepare another week to get healthy playing very well nine and one on the year you know uh Kyle Burns playing really good at the quarterback position. Jeff Curvin, Chris Mosley, who had a big uh, kickoff return a couple weeks ago, and uh, Daquan Campbell leading the way there in the defense. So if you uh, try to go to any 5A D2 game this week, uh, Centennial and Kimball should be the one. Yeah, and Alito, and you have to feel almost a little bit sorry for all those 5A D2 teams that are are having special years because in any other year, you might or, in, or recent years rather, you might say, well, Alito's gotten complacent. They've won all these state titles. But, of course, last year they lose in the state semifinal. So the team, not that they didn't have motivation before, but I think this year they have extra motivation to get back and reclaim uh, their throne a little bit. They're hungrier. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, as we wrap up, and it's amazing, I can't believe we've made it through an episode this far without talking about Action Jackson, our guy. So... A few more games uh, down for 3A. We have Kennedale, Benbrook, Brock, also all in the playoffs. You can, uh, you guys can find uh, all those matchups uh, for 3A on DFW Varsity 
And as a quick programming note, as always, you can find all our content on dfwvarsity.com, star-telegram.com, as well as those sites, Twitter and Facebook pages. We will, Brian and I, and and those sites will tweet out uh, the podcast as soon as it up so you guys can uh, so you guys can get it out and get everybody listening. Brian, uh, what do you have going on this week? And give us uh, just a quick couple of volleyball thoughts. Um, yeah, volleyball with the state tournament this week. You can see... Just the pairings. Uh, great job by our friend Darren Lauber there. AP poll is out. It's the final AP poll of the season. Also, uh, my top 10 uh, for the DFW Power Rankings will come up uh, Wednesday. That's the final one of the season. Five things coming up. Also on the site, um, you can check out you know Lake Country Christian Girls Basketball as they try to defend a state title. Graydon Morris, who's the standout Alito uh, runner, wins another cross-country state title so I got to talk to him there's a story up there um, some college football notes you know Kenny Brooks was uh, from Mansfield he's a big 12 newcomer of the week Tyler Wallace is up for a big award uh, he's the star wide receiver at Oklahoma State and then you know we couldn't talk about it but uh, National Signing Day the first one of the year is starting on Wednesday there's a huge amount of kids from different sports signing uh, Wednesday and Thursday and you can check out that list on uh, dfwvarsity.com we might actually spend a little bit of next week's episode touching on that, but one more quick programming note before we leave you. Obviously, next week is the Thanksgiving holiday, uh, but obviously the state playoffs uh, don't stop for that, so we will have you covered. We, we are making a uh, special exception getting in here on Monday to record the podcast first thing, so look for it a little bit earlier next week as we discuss uh, all the uh, wonderful action from the state playoffs this weekend. Everybody enjoy the game.